4: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show
5: podcast.
4: Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us this Thursday edition. Right off the top, he announced officially for president yesterday. He is with us now, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Governor, I know you're in a whirlwind right now. We appreciate you coming on with us live right off the top of the show here And I'm going to hit you with the question that everybody listening to us wants to know the answer to. You say you can beat Joe Biden. You think Donald Trump cannot. Why are you the right choice? Why is Trump the wrong choice?
6: Well, we know the country's going in the wrong direction. We see it with our own eyes and we can feel it in our bones. And so we need to offer an alternative path. Uh, to a stronger America. And I think what we've done in Florida is face bigger tests than any governor has ever had to face, particularly with COVID. Uh, and we were able to win all of those battles. We took a state that had been a 50-50 state and turned it into a 60-40 state with my reelection. And that's not just winning Republicans. That's winning independent voters by 18%. It's winning 60% of Hispanic voters, winning women voters by 8%. I never contorted myself to try to fit the political winds. I was a bold leader. It was bold colors, not pale pastels. But I was able to do that in a way uh, that really developed a groundswell of support. I think the vast majority of the country uh, wants a different direction than what they're getting with Joe Biden. And I think that if I'm the candidate, we will win. And I think we will win convincingly in my promise to the voters participating in this primary If you nominate me, then January 20th, 2025, uh, my left hand will be on the Bible. My right hand will be up in the air on the west side of the Capitol, and I'll take the oath as president number 47. And then we'll get to work, uh, and we will do in the U.S. all the good things that we did in the state of Florida.
5: Governor DeSantis, it's Buck. Appreciate you being here with us. Um, And uh, congrats on on the announcement and getting into the mix here. It's going to be an interesting primary. We all expect that. I was wondering what your message is to a lot of the folks out there who want to hear about a, an economic vision about how things can get better for them. We know the Biden economy stinks. Everyone's clear on that. We know inflation has been at 40-year highs. What are the things that you would do that would specifically, as president, help the, the working men and women, many of whom feel forgotten by the Biden administration?
6: Absolutely. Well, first, I could point out, nobody has done better on the economy than we have in Florida uh, since COVID started. My whole administration's been strong. But if you look at a lot of the problems we see with our overall national economy, they're rooted in March of 2020 uh, with Fauci, the lockdowns, the Fed printing all the money. We bucked all of that uh, and we kept people free, open schools. We have a great tax and regulatory climate. And we've had people coming to invest in Florida in record numbers. People are doing very well here. Our unemployment rate is 2.6%. Blue, California, and New York are like 4, 4 4.1%. So that's a significant difference, and we've outperformed the country. So that's a great track record to run on. What you do as president is, one, you deal with inflation by doing really three main things. One, stop spending so much money. A uh, president needs to wield the veto pen against the spendthrift Congress. We have not had a president willing to do that in a long time. I will do it because that's part of the reason inflation is where it is. Two, reverse Biden's energy policies, embrace domestic energy production. That will help lower inflation because energy costs are an important part of that. It's also good for our national security and it's good for jobs. Uh, and then three, you know, the Federal Reserve is a big part of this problem because they printed such an ungodly amount of money. Their role should be to maintain a stable dollar. They should not be economic central planners, uh, and you need to have somebody in the Federal Reserve uh, that is going to respect that limited role. We also have to look at the left's agenda. What they're doing is they're making it impossible for middle-class people to maintain that standard of living because the energy costs will go up. They have all these other mandates on things like automobiles. For example, I don't think that we should be forcing people into electric cars. If you want to do that, that's fine. Why would we want to rely on China for more key materials in a key part of our economy? It makes no sense from a national security perspective. We'll also look at ways to lighten the tax burden. We've done that in Florida. Uh, We just signed uh, tax relief. No taxes on any baby items. So we want to help families. So that's all tax-free now. And then we have a, a toll relief program where we're reducing tolls by 50%. So finding ways that the people that are working hard uh, get relief, because I think what Biden and the Democrats have done is you're almost better off not doing it the right way. The people that just show up for work every day, work hard, they don't ask for anything special, they end up having the more difficult time making ends meet. Meanwhile, if you do the wrong things or if you're just politically connected to, to the agenda, then you end up better off. And that's not what the American dream is all about.
4: We're talking to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He announced yesterday he is uh, joining us live here to start off the program. I'm sure you agree you have a law background. You've obviously been very aggressive legally in what you can and cannot do as the governor of Florida. Department of Justice, the FBI, has gone after the January 6th defendants with reckless, I would say, abandon. A big part of being president is pardon powers. Do you think the January 6th defendants deserve to have their cases examined by a Republican president? And if Trump, let's say, gets charged with federal offenses and you are the president of the United States, would you look at potentially pardoning Trump himself based on the evidence that might emerge of those charges?
6: the doj and fbi have been weaponized we see that uh we see it in a variety of contexts some of what you mentioned some of it is the fbi going after parents going to school board meetings some of it's how they treat a pro-life demonstrator how they don't go after people that are attacking pro lifers and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to do on day one um, i will have uh, folks that will get together and look at all these cases who people are victims of weaponization or political targeting And we will be aggressive at issuing pardons. Now, some of these some of these cases, some people may have a technical violation of the law. But if there are three other people who did the same thing, but just in a context like BLM and they don't get prosecuted at all, uh, that is uneven application of justice. And so we're going to find ways where that did not happen. And then we will use the pardon power. And I will do that uh, at the front end. You know, a lot of people wait until the end of the administration uh, to issue pardons, uh, we're going to find examples where wep- government's been weaponized against disfavored groups, uh, and we will apply relief as appropriate. But it will be done on a case-by-case basis, because I think you got to make sure that um, there's a whole bunch of cases that don't necessarily get headlines. But if people are being treated just because they don't get on uh, TV or something, they're being treated disfavorably. They need to have a fair hearing as well.
4: And that could be from a grandma who got arrested and prosecuted too much all the way up to potentially Trump himself. Is that fair to say when you analyze what the charges might have been brought on a federal level?
6: I would say any example of disfavored treatment based on politics or weaponization uh, would, would be included in that review, no matter how small or how big.
5: Governor, one more for you because I know you've got a very busy day ahead of you. Um, and actually, wait, Clay has one more too at the very end. <laughs> so we got two more for you, but what we'll, we promise will be quick. Um, the border, huge problem at the border. As we all know, six million illegals, give or take, have come into the country. You just signed something in Florida that implements e-verify, which is actually dealing with the illegal population in Florida in a way that Republicans have said they've wanted to for a long time. What does a federal policy look like under DeSantis administration to deal with both the border and illegal immigrants who are already here?
6: So national emergency declared on day one. All resources mobilized, including the military at the southern border. Construction of the border wall starts, and we will keep going until we finish that. Uh, We will stop entertaining asylum claims for people that come illegally across the border. These are mostly economic migrants and that's not the way you do asylum. And so we'll make that very clear. Uh, And then we're gonna hold the the drug cartels accountable uh, for what they're doing and trafficking people into our country and trafficking in a huge amounts of narcotics that's killing tens of thousands of Americans. Now, overall, I would do E-Verify Nationwide that you have to do that through Congress. That's very difficult to do, it was hard to do in Florida because you have the left that opposes it because they want illegal immigration. But then you also have big business and corporations who also want illegal immigration because they want the cheap labor. So that's a, that was a very difficult nut for us to crack in Florida. We finally got it done, uh, and I think it's going to make a big, big difference. And so we would definitely look at, at doing those things. But this issue has persisted throughout my entire adult lifetime, and we've had Republicans talking about it for decades. This is the time to finally put the issue to bed. Uh, and I will do it on day one, and I'll use all the levers at my disposal to make it happen.
4: Combo question for you here. Your wife, Casey's fantastic. She's already gotten attacked by Politico. They called her basically Lady Macbeth. Uh, I'm wondering what you think about your family already in the line of fire. Second part of this. this is a little bit different question, but you now are running for president of the United States. I think your first love was baseball. If you could have had a pro baseball career, would you have ever gotten in politics? Would you be running for governor, congressman, and now president at all if you had been a little bit better baseball player?
6: No. I mean, if I had had a spot um, in the major leagues uh, in my early 20s, I would have taken that above anything else that anyone could have offered me, and I would have played as long as I could have. I mean, that's just when when you're in the sports, that's just what you do. So I absolutely would have done that. I wouldn't have thought twice about it and uh, would have loved to have that privilege. And, you know, it's uh, it's tough because that's 99.99 percentile that you got to get into to get to that level. Look, in terms of the family, my wife and I know how this game works. We were not surprised by it. Obviously, the media will get anonymous sources and people that already don't like us who don't even really know us. And they'll try to create narratives. And the good news is, is most people realize for what that is. They don't accept the narratives and they realize and understand, gee, this Casey DeSantis, she must be really good. Uh, Otherwise, the media wouldn't be going after her. And the fact is, she's been an incredible first lady for Florida. She's made a huge difference across multiple issues. She's obviously a wonderful mother and wife, and she's a heck of an advocate to have out there on the campaign trail. These guys in the corporate press, they know that. And that's why they're doing it. They're not attacking anybody else's spouse. It's just her. So we understand that just goes with the territory. But like when they attack me, we both view it as a sign of strength. Uh, ever since I won re-election, like I've been the number one target uh, of attacks. She's getting attacked because people know that we're forced to be reckoned with. We are a threat to the left's hold on power in this country. And that's why we're always uh, targeted for for negative coverage. Uh, but you know what? Um, You know, they are right that we represent a threat to leftism in this country because we beat leftism in Florida in ways nobody would have thought possible just five years ago.
4: Governor
5: Ron DeSantis of Florida, he is running, folks. Governor, it is going to be a heck of a primary. Appreciate you making time for us. Thanks so much.
4: Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will open up phone lines, by the way, 800-282-2882. You can react to that, to the announcement. All and more. In the meantime, guess what? It's natural. Think about having a variety of insurance policies. Life insurance, home, car, health. Most of us would think to include maybe not as much as you would, food insurance on that list. But guess what? Travis Household, we've got food insurance on that list. I got the three month emergency food kit from my Patriot supply, not just for myself, not just for my wife, but for all three members of Of the Travis family, all of our kids. We've got five total three month emergency food kits from my Patriot Supply. Kits will last up to 25 years, stored safely in your home. You hope you never need it, but if you do, three months of food. It's easy to order. Just go to preparewithclayandbuck.com, and when you order today, you'll save 200 bucks on each kit. We have one for me, one for my wife, one for all three of our boys. You can order your three-month emergency food kit today and save $200 per kit at preparewithclayandbuck.com. Fast and free shipping, to Do it today, and you'll have zero regrets Prepare with ClayandBuck.com
2: Learn and laugh App and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.
3: More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
5: Started off the show, you know, because Governor Ron DeSantis joined us. We'll play some of that audio for you in the uh, third hour, perhaps, and and go back over a little bit of where the political landscape stands right now. But the primary is now it feels fully underway with the two heavyweights, at least by the polls—not a weight joke—by uh, the polls. Go- uh, Governor Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, uh, President Trump, are in the mix now. It is official. Um, also we had breaking news that just hit in the last few moments, um, just hitting the news wires. So you might be hearing it here for the first time. The, uh, the oath keepers, um, individual, I believe the oath keepers, he's a founder or a leader of the oath keepers, uh, that was prosecuted for his role in January six on, on seditious conspiracy charges, just got 18 years in federal prison 18 years um and you would you'd have to wonder what exactly did he do who goes away for 18 years these days well i can tell you who doesn't go away at all it seems hunter biden because we also have more and more information i think we're going to speak to uh Congressman Jim Jordan, later on this week about this, the whistleblower from within the IRS coming forward. You got whistleblowers from the IRS, the FBI, other places coming forward on a whole range of issues. They realize the damage that the deep state is doing. Um, but specifically, Clay, the IRS whistleblower is saying there are irregularities when it came to the Hunter Biden uh, funding, right? The Hunter Biden getting all this money bribes. It's called bribes, we can use the word, I think, um, from around the world, not paying taxes on it. That's usually pretty straightforward stuff. Uh, What are your thoughts as we see, so the Oath Keepers guy, I mean, did he, I don't think he, was he one of the ones who, was he even there? I'm checking this up right now, but you tell me what what your first reaction is.
4: Well, I mean, this goes to what we talked about with ron DeSantis in the first hour and what trump has discussed as well and what i am going to pat ourselves on the back a little bit julie kelly has been covering this better than anybody and i don't know that there's any media outlet that has had julie on more than we have to tell this story and you know i went out and gave thousands of dollars uh, of my own personal money for these january 6 defendants to be able to have better legal representation this is political persecution There is no way on earth that the average January 6th defendant who is uh, many of them being uh, being sentenced more severely for what they did associated with January 6th than people who are actually committing violent crimes. And certainly if you compare it to what happened to the BLM riots when far more people died. Remember, the only person who died on January 6th was Ashley Babbitt, who was, I think, unjustly shot and killed, unarmed and not being a threat.
5: So, so there, there was someone else was part of this, uh, the seditious conspiracy. One of the other defendants, it's tough to keep them all straight. We're going to reach out to Julie Kelly to make sure that she, cause she's following this, like Clay said, more closely than anybody and has been a real, just, just trying to get, you know, justice. Justice doesn't mean that all these individuals are innocent, but far from it, but, 10 years in federal prison, 20 years in federal prison. Is that justice at a time when people who are murdering others are getting far less time in prison? Um, but let's go to w- w- Rhodes, who's this uh, this oathkeeper's leader dressed in combat style gear converged. This is from The Washington Post. So this is the most negative depiction of this you will find, just to be clear. But converged on the Capitol after staging an arsenal of weapons at nearby hotels, ready to take up arms at Rhodes' direction, according to prosecutors. Rhodes did not, uh, yeah, he did not enter the building, but was in contact with ground team leader Meggs, an auto dealer manager, just before Megs led a line of members in military-style tactical gear up the Capitol steps where they helped a crowd force entry. Rhodes' defense said he and co-defendants came to Washington as bodyguards for Republican VIPs, including Roger Stone. The oath keeper said some of, some brought firearms only to help as peacekeepers in case Trump met their demand to invoke the Civil War Insurrection Act and mobilize a private militia to stop Biden from becoming president. Okay. Um, so he wasn't there and he didn't hurt anybody personally. He wasn't even president at the, present at the Capitol. A lot of stuff about, you know, insurrection and a lot of bad stuff in the text messages. 18 years in federal prison.
4: Look, this is all about charging Trump. They wanted, they have, you have to look at what their roadmap is. And they have meticulously constructed a uh seditious conspiracy. A, all of these charges are being put in place so they can charge Donald Trump. I, I, I would be, Buck, stunned beyond belief at this point if, there are not federal charges coming against Trump. Now, I still put a tiny little percentage chance out there. I don't know that he has the testicular fortitude or mental competency to pull it off. A Jedi mind trick brilliant move would actually be for Joe Biden to, to pardon, pardon Trump Donald Trump while he's running against him. Yeah. Yes, because, because then I think a lot of independence, because it's a, it's an alpha move by Biden because you say, I beat him once in 2020. I don't need the Department of Justice to put him behind bars. I'm yeah. going to beat his ass again in 2024. That's the alpha move. He's not going to do it, though. There's no way he'll That's do it because
5: I... he'll, upset the, he'll upset his lunatic Democrat base. By the way, Julie's confirmed for 130. So, look, we're handling breaking news that it comes in. There have been I, I like 800 or something, uh, more than that now, January 6th. Yes. I don't want to say numbers, but it's been hundreds and hundreds of people prosecuted on Jan 6th. This is uh, the... Biggest, um, sentence that we have seen. Stuart Rhodes, um, is the individual here we're talking about. 18 years in, uh, federal prison. And understand there's no, there's no parole. He's serving 18 years, folks. That's how this goes. Federal system doesn't have parole. So he's, he's going to spend almost two decades in prison. And you ask yourself, okay, so he's going to spend two decades in prison because of some, some reckless talk about uh overthrowing the government or how, you know, the, I don't know. I have to look into all the the text messages. Didn't hurt anybody. Didn't actually actively try to hurt anybody physically, I'm talking about. Yeah. And wasn't even at the Capitol.
4: I'll give you a prominent case that's going to get a lot of attention soon. Henry Bruggs is a wide receiver. Uh, was driving drunk in Las Vegas. Killed a woman. Driving at 130 miles an hour, I believe with a blood alcohol level. Half or sorry, twice as much as what the uh, the legal limit is. Buck, he's going to get less time in prison than this January sixth defendant just did, and and I mean that's just using one. Now, obviously, one is in the state of Nevada, but we're talking about violent, uh, uh you know, drunk driving that killed a person where there's no defense against his behavior at all while driving over a hundred miles an hour. And I'll also point out and I, Julie will hammer this home at the bottom of the hour because she has been covering all these cases so well. It's not just that they're throwing the book at the January 6th defendants. Buck, they are barely prosecuting anybody for violent crime in Washington, D.C. otherwise. So you've got a situation where the district attorneys in D.C. are basically taking felony charges down to misdemeanors and choosing not to prosecute and then throwing the book and getting maximum punishments here.
5: So, I'm going to use my little CIA coup overthrow tiny tin pot dictatorship brain here for a second. If the Oath Keepers guy, if they had this stash of weapons, if why did none of them bring weapons? Yeah. If their intent was to use weapons to overthrow the government, why is it that they brought placards, you know, like what you bring to a protest... And you know yeah some of the, like the tactical gear that they brought but it's stuff to deal with gas masks. I've been to antifa protests. I've covered them before. I've never say the term journalist but I've covered them for media purposes, right? I've been there and seen they have little plastic shields and they have gas masks and no one thinks they're you to know, overthrowing the government even though they say they want to all yeah. the time. They're anarchists. They talk about how they want to overthrow the existing order, but no one well, we're not allowed to take them seriously even though they're a violent extremist group. But I I that's the question for me and I, I want to pose this to Julie: If these individuals were part of a conspiracy to stockpile weapons, why did none of them actually, at all, at all, bring weapons to the Capitol? Right? Yeah. I also. Well, well, what is that? And how do you? And then you ask the question: How do you overthrow the federal government with no weapons?
4: That that to me is the the the, the big point here. If this were an actual coup. Would you choose grandmas and grandpas with selfie sticks to be your soldiers? I mean, the the argument that this was in any way an attempt to overthrow the United States government is so laughably absurd on its face. And this is why, Buck, I think to a large degree, including that they had a lot of informants in that crowd encouraging people to go into the Capitol because that's one reason I think they don't want all the footage to come out. Uh, but it's also why we're only seeing a scintilla. I mean Tucker. The video that Tucker showed of the so-called QAnon shaman who everybody was Jacob trying Chansley, to say, yeah. oh my goodness, this guy is a uh is a huge threat to uh the American Republic, and then you watch him and the police are just kind of walking around with him, that footage would have never come come out if not for Tucker's show. And so how many of these other hours of footage that we have are indicative of what the vast majority of people who entered on January 6th did, which is they walked around, they took photos inside, engaged in almost no violent behavior as a collective group, and now we've got the full might of the United States government treating them as if they are the greatest threats to American democracy that have ever existed. Uh, you know, The, the, the whole purpose... The thing that is so staggeringly difficult, I think, for a lot of people to even comprehend is the degree of lying that's going on here. When you're talking about threats to democracy and you are the Department of Justice that's raiding the home of a former president and you are trying to put a former president in prison who is a leading political opposition candidate of the party in power, this is Third World Banana Republic level idiocy and, and, and frankly, way scarier than anything that happened on January 6th. The
5: judge here in D.C., Mehta, uh, said about this defendant, who's now going away for 18 years, you, sir, present an ongoing threat and a peril to this country, to the republic, and to the very fabric of our democracy. Um, I have a feeling the judge is uh, a lib who is hostile <laughs> to anybody who is even uh, vaguely or or tangentially associated with being on the right. Again, the point here is not to say that uh, people who, who broke, uh, who destroyed property at the Capitol or who were violent with police officers shouldn't, shouldn't be punished. The point is disparate treatment in the law for political reasons is a bedrock, a foundation of tyranny. And, we're sitting here, we're, on the one hand, you know, we're talking about, we got Biden, who's, you know, cello, uh, no, I mean, he was commemorating the three-year anniversary of George Floyd. I'm sitting here saying, I remember when maniacs destroyed my neighborhood, all Biden voters. I remember when maniacs were mobbing outside the White House and tried to burn down a historic church. I remember when Biden voters tried to burn down a federal courthouse. I remember when they were attempting to blind the federal officer sent there to Portland by DHS with lasers to blind somebody. Yeah. If someone told me I'm trying to blind you and I had a sidearm, I would use it, okay? Blinding somebody is extreme maiming. You should be able to use lethal force to defend yourself against that. How many of them got 20 years in prison?
4: None. No no, no BLM but, protester and there were far more of them doing far more violence have faced any level of uh prosecution remotely similar to Jan Six.
5: You know, you sit here, you wonder, how much time did the lunatics who firebombed the police car in New York City get? They didn't get 20 years, Biden voters. How much time did the people who, I mean, you, you go down the list, you see the country was convulsed. The 2020 election was held under the threat of mob violence by lunatic Biden voters pretending that, you know, BLM is what they're really, because they just wanted to burn everything down, and they got away with it. And so I understand there's a lot of frustration from people out there who sit there and say, okay, so, you know, there was a protest uh, about Biden, uh, about the 2020 election. Some people got out of hand. You know, 95% of the people gathering in D.C. didn't do anything. It was a mostly peaceful protest. Remember that? But some of them got out of hand. Some of them, yeah, they should face consequences for attacking cops and whatever. But how do we deal with that? How do we process that when Biden voters in mobs, and of course they were allowed to even during COVID because it was so important, uh can attack police with impunity? They would just show up. They would show up and do everything that you saw people doing on January 6th to police. I have seen at different left-wing Democrat Biden voting mobs in the past. Everything throwing I've, I've seen them throw rocks at cops i've seen seen them throw bottles of urine at cops i've seen them punch cops any of them get 20 years or 18 years in federal prison i don't i don't think so look we'll we'll talk to julie about this in a few minutes but uh <laughs> a, a, a country where you can't trust the justice system is not a country where you're going to think there is a justice system for very long all right i, I gotta take a moment take a breather we, we commented on this yesterday Warren's repeating we are now officially uh in primary season we're talking about it all day today too Six individuals have declared themselves as candidates for the office of president. This isn't a sprint, but rather a marathon. Whether you're in this or not, you're going to want to keep the energy up. It's time to subscribe to Chalk, the company supplying both the male and female Vitality Stack. These specially formulated supplements help to provide the energy you need for stamina and focus each day. Chalk's Vitality Stack really should be required for anyone on the campaign trail. It's that good. If you want added energy, focus, and all-day stamina, subscribe to Chalk's Daily regimen of Natural Supplements. You'll feel fantastic. Go online to chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Get 35% off when you subscribe and use my name, Buck, as your promo code. That's 35% off for the life of your subscription. Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com is that website. Use my name, Buck, for 35% off. Limited availability. Discounts applied on a first-come, first-served basis. Hurry. CHOQ.com. Chalk.com. Subscriptions can be canceled anytime, but once you see how great this stuff is, you're not going to want to cancel. Chalk.com.
2: From the front lines of truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton.
5: Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Joining us now, as we had promised, is our friend Julie Kelly. Uh, she's a writer of American Greatness. She's got a book, January 6th how Democrats use the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. Julie, thank you for coming back and talking to us all about this. We told everybody at the top of this hour about the breaking news that uh, Rhodes, uh, one of the defendants from January 6th and an oath keeper, got 18 years in federal prison, the biggest sentence anyone's gotten. What do we need to know about this case and what message do you think it's sending?
7: Thanks for having me on. So this is uh, Stuart Rhodes, who was the founder and leader of the Oath Keepers. Uh, he and several other members of the group were charged with seditious conspiracy. This is a crime tantamount to treason. It's a Civil War era statute. Uh, almost everyone in the United States who's ever been convicted of seditious conspiracy uh, are foreign terrorists with ties to Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. But nonetheless, this DOJ has brought that charge against numerous Oath Keepers and Proud Boys. Today is the first sentencing that came down in the conviction, uh, seditious conspiracy conviction. He was found guilty by a jury in November. Judge Amit Mehta, uh, one of the worst partisans on the D.C. District Court, uh, allowed the government, consented to the government's request, to add a terrorism enhancement to Stuart Rhodes' sentence, the government, DOJ, Matthew Graves, DCUS attorney, wanted Rhodes in prison for 25 years. Not only did Meta allow the terrorism enhancement, sentenced him to 18 years in prison, the longest prison sentence for any January 6th defendant. Um, and also, uh, I believe the first time an American has been convicted and sentenced. Seditious conspiracy.
5: What did he do, Julie? Like, what did he really actually do? Do you know what I mean? I mean, there, you've told us the right. charges, but, you know, w- what are the transgressions that we should be aware of?
7: So basically, and Stuart Rhodes is a kooky guy, right? And he uh, sort of initiated and organized members of Oath Keepers across the country to go to Washington, D.C. But most of the evidence, just like in the Proud Boys trial, which we've talked about, is nothing more than messages and videos, uh, text and encrypted chats, travel plans to get to Washington, D.C. Stuart Rhodes didn't even go inside the building. And the people, the Oath Keepers who did go in the building went in peacefully. There were police standing right there. There's actual video of Oath Keepers inside trying to help police Calm down the situation. This includes Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn, who gave a victim impact statement yesterday, bawled his eyes out, this big, huge Capitol Police officer. Um, And so, but Stuart Rhodes, none of them did anything violent. There was no way they could overthrow the government or wage war against the United States without any weapons. In fact, they stayed at hotels in Virginia when they drove to Washington, legally bringing some firearms They left them in the hotel in Virginia, so they didn't violate Washington, D.C.'s strict uh, handgun laws. I mean, these are the same people who are trying to overthrow the government. But unfortunately, the definition and the jury instructions for finding guilt in seditious conspiracy is so low that these juries are coming back in record time within a day or two with guilty verdicts on this. Um, And then the government, uh, DOJ, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland and D.C. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves, absolutely throwing the book at these guys like they are murderers.
4: Julie. This is important, and thank you for all the work you've done uh, on this, and thank you for coming on as frequently as you have Bye. to share the latest on the Jan. Six uh, individuals, and the, and basically, I think it's fair to call them political prisoners at this point. Many of them. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple of things. Can you contextualize for everybody out there how the throwing the book at the Jan. Six defendants compares with the leniency that we're seeing in virtually every other criminal uh, enterprise? involved in washington dc and the second part of that this is so key i think you have been on uh on with us for i think years now saying charges are coming against trump 100 percent, she said last summer 100 i think you now elevated it to like 110 percent. how does this all fit in in your mind as part of the puzzle pieces that are being constructed to bring those charges against trump
7: so absolute 120% that Trump was, is going to be indicted. What is dangerous for the seditious conspiracy convictions and now sentences related to domestic terror enhancements is both of these groups have been tied to Donald Trump. The Proud Boys convictions uh, that came down last month were especially dangerous because the government, DOJ, made Donald Trump a key figure In that trial, we talked about during closing arguments, the assistant U.S. attorney, the first clip that they played for the jury was the clip of Trump in the 2020 debate where he said, proud boys, stand back and stand by. The Oath Keepers are also tied to Donald Trump because some of them went there to provide security for Trump associates, including Roger Stone. So Trump's name came up dozens of times in this 183 crazy sentencing memorandum, uh, what the government wanted, these nine convicted oath keepers, uh, their prison sentences. So this will give even more ammo to special counsel Jack Smith, Merrick Garland's handpicked prosecutor, special prosecutor, to seek a grand jury indictment against Donald Trump for seditious conspiracy as well. This is problematic um, not just because of the potential sentence, but because there now is case law and precedent to deny release. That means deny bond for someone who is being charged with seditious conspiracy. So this really uh, escalates uh, not just the legal threat jeopardy, which has always been there for Trump, but the seriousness of the charge and the consequences of a seditious conspiracy indictment.
4: And and as part of this, by the way, just in terms of if you're someone out there and you are trying to argue, oh, well, they're just prosecuting everybody in D.C. to the fullest extent of the law. Actually, they're letting actual violent criminals off. In fact, the data reflects that in D.C. they're tending to lower felonies to misdemeanors, right? So the district attorneys and the people who are prosecuting in Washington, D.C., are uniquely throwing the book at these political prisoners and letting actual violent criminals run amok, right, based on what you see when you look at the data.
7: That's absolutely right. And the data is that Matthew Graves, the D.C. U.S. attorney appointed by Joe Biden, he's unique in terms of he handles both local and federal crimes committed in Washington, D.C. He has a 67% declination rate. That means declining to bring charges against uh, people that, police have arrested, and they bring these cases to Matthew Graves' office, and he declines to prosecute 67% of the alleged criminals in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, he has 100% uh, con- you know, prosecution rate. doesn't matter if it's someone who uh, accused of parading in the Capitol, a low-level misdemeanor or a ridiculous, seditious conspiracy indictment that he brought as soon as he took over that office. So that's why Washington, D.C., as it descends into violent chaos every single weekend. Uh, But don't worry, Stuart Rhodes, you know, this kind of crazy kooky guy who leads the Oath Keepers, former law enforcement and veterans are most of that group. He will be safely behind bars for 18 years uh, while other criminals run free in the nation's capital.
5: Julie, one more for you. Um, We're speaking to Julie Kelly. We recommend... Her book, to all of you who are listening, January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Last one for you, Julie. What is the top count going to be in your mind? You said Trump is absolutely going to be federally indicted, just to add some uh, specificity here. Do you think they're going to go with a, a seditious conspiracy charge against President
7: Trump? I think since we're talking percentages we like here, and I know you guys are sports guys, um, <laughs> I think it went from about 50% before to 80% after the Proud Boys' convictions. And today, this sentencing, I would say it's probably 90% chance that Jack Smith, Special Counsel Jack Smith, will seek seditious conspiracy indictment against Donald Trump, in addition to numerous other counts, such as obstruction. What do you think the time conspiracy.
4: is, Julie, in which this would likely occur?
7: So I know we've talked about this before, including last year, but then there were some wrinkles, the August uh, raid of Mar-a-Lago, then the pursuit of a classified documents uh, investigation. So I'm thinking there could be the classified documents indictment could come as soon as June, uh, and the January 6th indictments could be July, August. I can't see them going much longer than the fall. Uh, because it looks like both investigations are wrapping up. Uh, when the January 6th investigation, the bringing Michael Pence, Vice President Mike Pence, before the grand jury, it's hard to see how much more they can get out of that. So I think that they're working on both of those, and we're going to see back-to-back and in multi-count indictments against Donald Trump from Jack Smith.
5: I'm sorry, Julie. I know I said last one, but now I'm just so – <laughs> I think it's so important. I'm so curious. I have to ask your opinion on this one, because you saw the federal indictment coming a long time ago. A a D.C. jury, I don't have to ask you, 100 percent in my mind, D.C. jury would convict Donald Trump of of anything that Jack Smith refers to DOJ for an actual charge. So then wouldn't that mean that they actually want to lock Donald Trump up?
7: Yes, that's exactly right. Um, And, and Julie,
4: doesn't that also mean that the, the, the question we talked to DeSantis about, and I saw you responding to it on Twitter, Shouldn't every Republican candidate in your mind be pledging that they will uh, pardon Donald Trump if they become president uh, because otherwise they're going to try to put him in prison?
7: Absolutely. I mean, pardon Donald Trump and, of course, all the Jan Sixers, Even and make sure that the sentences for even the most violent offenders are commensurate with the sentences brought by this D.C. U.S. attorney's office. In other cases, assaulting police officers, they routinely drop Uh, Cases against people in DC arrested for assaulting police officers. That's absolutely
5: right. That's what I keep saying. I mean, Julie, you know, we're not we're not trying to excuse any illegal behavior. We just want fair treatment that isn't infused with nothing but political malice, and that is what we have seen. But thanks to your coverage, at least the American people know about what's going on. We'll continue to talk about it, Julie Kelly. um, Thank you again for being with us. We appreciate you.
7: Anytime, guys. Thanks for covering my work.
5: Oh, guys, you know. Let's look at the markets for a second. Uh, it is rough out there. I mean, everyone's talking about inflation, and what are they going to do with their money? I mean, how do you make money right now? The market's so choppy. People are, are having a tough time. Some weeks ago, I met with Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch is the founder of Rad Diversified. Look, he's a patriot. He loves our military. He gives a lot back to veterans. Dutch and his team are experts at buying cash-flowing real estate. They've brought major stability to thousands of investors in the most volatile of times. For a minimum of a $1,000... You can access Rad Diversified's lucrative real estate portfolio. That's right, a real estate portfolio. Dutch takes pride in ensuring all of their investors leave a legacy for future generations. Visit Rad, that's R-A-D, raddiversified.com. Connect with one of their team members to learn more. With Rad Diversified, you can reap all of the benefits of being a real estate investor without any heavy lifting, starting at only $1,000. We strongly recommend having a diversified investment portfolio. Rad Diversified can help. All investments involve risk. Consult a financial advisor and read the prospectus before investing. Learn more at raddiversified.com.
4: Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever.
0: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Okay, we played, for all of you, uh, the Trump reaction most recently to the DeSantis announcement and the way that Trump is attacking DeSantis. I wanted to play a couple of cuts for those of you who were not with us at the start of the show uh, when Ron DeSantis joined the program. Uh, to discuss everything about his announcement. Um, and first of all, uh, I think the number one reason why DeSantis is running is he thinks he'll beat Biden. Uh, here is that answer uh, from DeSantis about why he would beat Biden and he doesn't believe Trump would. Listen, I'm going to hit you with the question that everybody listening to us wants to know the answer to. You say you can beat Joe Biden. You think Donald Trump cannot. Why are you the right choice? Why is Trump the wrong choice?
6: Well, we know the country's going in the wrong direction. We see it with our own eyes and we can feel it in our bones. And so we need to offer an alternative path uh, to a stronger America. And I think what we've done in Florida is face bigger tests than any governor has ever had to face, particularly with COVID. Uh, And we were able to win all of those battles. We took a state that had been a 50-50 state and turned it into a 60-40 state with my re-election. And that's not just winning Republicans. That's winning independent voters by 18 percent. It's winning 60 percent of Hispanic voters, winning women voters by 8 percent. I never contorted myself to try to fit the political winds. I was a bold leader. It was bold colors, not pale pastels, but I was able to do that in a way uh, that really developed a groundswell of support. I think the vast majority of the country uh, wants a different direction than what they're getting with Joe Biden. And I think that if I'm the candidate, we will win. And I think we will win convincingly in my promise to the voters participating in this primary. If you nominate me, then January 20th, 2025, Uh, My left hand will be on the Bible. My right hand will be up in the air on the west side of the Capitol, and I'll take the oath as president number 47. And then we'll get to work, uh, and we will do in the U.S. all the good things that we did in the state of Florida.
4: Buck, do you buy it? I I think this is a question that a lot of our listeners are uh, having right now. Your debates in your family, your debates in your friend circles. I believe that DeSantis would beat Biden if he were the nominee. And I believe it primarily based on Biden's 82. I think Biden's single greatest vulnerability is his age. I think if you put a 44 year old on the debate stage with Joe Biden, presuming he's even willing to debate, if you have Casey DeSantis and three young kids against Joe Biden, who's 82 years old, I think that is a cosmetic, not a direct, you know, a policy perspective. That is a cosmetic thing that resonates very much. Uh, so I think DeSantis would be more likely to beat Biden just based on age. Do you think that DeSantis is more likely to beat Biden than Trump is? That is a question that I think a lot of people are debating. So you have to break it
5: down into the different uh almost verticals, you could call them in media, right? The different buckets of voters. And I think that when you do that, because right now, yeah, the country is we're, we're a close to 50-50 country. I mean, we saw that in the last election. We saw that in the election before we, you know, you start to go back in time. You have to look pretty hard for a, a definitive, uh, electoral defeat. I mean, you have to go back really to the Obama era, beating McCain and then beating Romney. Um, and when I say definitive, obviously Trump won and it was phenomenal in 2016, but he didn't win by. Uh, a huge amount of votes in the states that he won. He got just the votes he needed in just the places he needed to win, which was fabulous, right? That's fantastic. How do you do that again this time? You look at who's up for grabs. Where has the Republican Party in swing states been weak in 2022 and 2020? We all know what the states are. We'll just keep talking about them because, you know, we're going to they're going to be on our minds, right? It's going to be Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, maybe virginia is going to be in the mix this time around arizona Arizona. new hampshire you could like even arizona arizona is a red state yep why didn't we win in arizona everybody okay yeah they they the machines broke down on carrie lake there are other republicans who won in that state though now i'm not saying it's not unfair that the machines the voting machines broke down on carrie but i'm just saying it is possible for republicans to win in arizona we should win this clearly college educated white voters um working class white voters hispanic voters in those key states, soccer moms. Those are basically suburban moms, yeah. right? Those are the places where you can pick it up. Working class white voters, college educated white voters, and, uh, and moms who live in suburban areas of those key states. How does DeSantis do with those demographics? Well, and I said Hispanic voters, I think, too. Hispanics picking up. Look, Ron DeSantis won Miami Dade. Yeah. Miami Dade County, which uh, Miami City is, you know, 73% Latino. Um, So I think that he has a lot of strength in those areas and that, that goes very well for him. The the question that I need someone to answer for me is what is the way for Trump to win back in the general, those voters where there has been, there, there have been clear indicators of softness or even rejection of support for Trump back candidates and Trump himself in 2022 and 2020. Uh, this, but this is open, by the way. This is an ongoing question. I'm not pretending to have the answers on this, but I think those are some of the questions that um MAGA and uh the folks who are all in on Trump right now are going to be answering for primary voters going forward. I think that's
4: essential. My number one question, my number one question for Trump would be, you say the election was stolen in 2020. Why would they not steal the election again in 2024? This is, to me, the self-defeating nature of Trump's underlying argument. And anybody out there who voted for Trump, and I did, obviously, in 2020, if you believe that the election was stolen, if you take Trump at his word, what has changed that will keep the election from being stolen in 2024? I've not heard anybody make a strong argument about what need what, what has changed, right? If you think the Democrats were willing to cheat in 2020, such that they kept Trump from being president, why would they not cheat again in 2024? That's the self-defeating, to me, aspect of focusing on 2020. DeSantis won Florida by 19 points. That's not close, right? I want a landslide election because I do think if this thing comes down to a few thousand ballots, yeah, I'm really nervous about what's going to happen. I'm nervous about suddenly there's going to be a, uh, a, a fire alarm that goes off in atlanta and suddenly something gets yeah. flooded right and
5: i've heard this from a lot of remember i'm a i'm a two-time trump voter and eight oh, i'm sorry four year <laughs> when he was president staunch trump supporter um what i've heard from a lot of two-time trump voters though is we all have to understand that they cheated isn't an excuse meaning we have to understand democrats are going to fight super dirty yep and we need somebody who will see the dirty fighting before the votes are all counted catch the dirty fighting of the you know the dirty politics as it's happening and end up at the white house as the guy so th- that's the mission another 4 years of well you know are we going to go through another 4 years of well we actually won yeah no i, I can't i, I can't, go through I, can't, can't live, I can't
4: live through it and that's why my clarion call my guiding light is the nominee has to beat Joe Biden. So what I would encourage, and everybody's going to come to different uh, d- d- conclusions, right? We'll some take some people calls are going to be, on this. We'll take yeah. calls. But some people are going to say, Vivek Ramasamy my guy. I mean, it's fine. It, fine. Yeah, of
5: course. That's, that's what a primary is for. The Nikki Haley fans out there, don't be scared. You can call in. There's a few of you who have called in. Don't think that we're going to, you know, we open forum. Whoever you, we want you to be able to make the case for whoever your person is in this primary to all of your fellow conservatives and Republicans all across the country right now.
4: Wade in Allentown, you're a Trump guy. Uh, you're in Pennsylvania, which is Ridical. the most important state probably uh, of all of them. If you could wave a magic wand and guarantee the Republicans were going to win. But remember, they just put a, a a basically dead man in John Fetterman into the Senate. Wade, how would you break this down?
8: I would answer the question you've been answering asking the past few seconds. I called because of what somebody said earlier. But the way you frame the question now, I voted for Trump twice, and I'm going to vote for him a third time. And that is that he, he should stop talking about 2020. I understand that. But what he, what he needs to do is stand up, and I wish Ron DeSantis would do. I never met Ron DeSantis. I don't know him. I may be a wonderful guy. But Ron DeSantis never walked on North Korea and faced down the people. Ron DeSantis never faced down Xi and did that. Ron DeSantis never stood up and said, European countries, if you don't do this, you're not getting our money. Trump did every single thing that we asked him to do because they work for us. We don't work for them. We voted for Trump to do something, and he did it. He walked out on stage and hugged the flag. He walked out on stage and nominated three people to the Supreme Court in defense of life. We appreciate everything he did, and I want him to continue to do it. Now, so, so wait can i
5: wait can i ask you a question wait I have, I have a question for you first of all i just want to say um you yeah. know appreciate you calling in it, do you think it's fair to point out what you're saying all makes sense to me what you're saying is what i think i should be hearing from the trump campaign but he's, exactly. when he's when he's when he's talking why go after the florida situation like why pretend
8: no i'm saying i'm saying if if is you have to analyze why a person wants to be president what they think they're going to do and donald trump Already at 70 years old, had all the money he needed, had airplanes, he had stuff. He could have just sat back and said, I want to show you kids the seven wonders of the world. But he decided to fight for his country. Now, after doing all of this, going through all he's going through, he's willing to do it all again. I wish somebody like Ron DeSantis would stand up and say, Donald Trump is right. They stole that election. We don't know how. We can't prove
4: what. Okay, but, but so, to- Wayne, my, I agree with you I mean, with a lot of what you're saying. My question is, if you believe 2020 was stolen. And Trump does, and that's a big part of his argument for 2024. Why would they not steal 2024? Oh, I don't doubt they will. I'm not. I'm not okay. saying that. Okay, so I'm my saying- so th- that's my that's my question, Wayne. If Trump lost in 2020, and you believe that the election was stolen, which is your right, I believe it was rigged. Right, I've said that for a long time. Why would they not rig it again in 2024? What has changed? That's why this is an ultimately self-defeating argument to me, because if Trump said they cheated, I actually won in 2020. Well, if they cheat again and he loses in 2024, we spend eight years saying the same thing. Oh, they cheated. But guess what? Joe Biden, who can barely raise his right hand and repeat after the chief justice or whoever's going to be swearing him in, is going to be standing there in 2025, getting four more years. Yeah, look, uh, we
5: appreciate you calling in, Wade. Thank you for uh, giving us a Pennsylvania perspective. We'll get some more calls here to close us out because I know people are very, very uh, passionate about that. And we should be. I mean, let's remember we should be. This is about the future of the country. This matters. You know. Inflation and prices continue to be a huge problem, and there's also this looming banking crisis. I mean, how much worse is it going to get? When's the next shoe going to drop? With all the current volatility in markets, how are your retirement accounts doing? Phoenix Capital Group says the time to diversify your investments is right now. Look, I I made for me a sizable investment in the Phoenix Capital Group because I read their prospectus, I talked to them, and I believe in what they're doing. They recommend high-value U.S. oil and gas investments with current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middleman. There are both Regulation A-plus and Regulation D corporate bond offerings with different maturities, qualifications, and rates. There's also a 9% APY starting at a $5,000 investment, open to all investors. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com.
2: You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast.
3: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He
2: has the smarts avido the temper of sunny the warmth of
4: fredo
3: and the coldness of michael to the legend behind la bamba lou diamond phillips
4: when i walked in i didn't think i had a shot at richie because john stamos's picture was already up on the wall
3: listen to more than a movie on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
0: hey i'm jay shetty and i'm the host of the on purpose podcast